Welcome back to Dr. Me First. It's your colleague in medicine and coach in life, the ever spunky, ever sassy, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman. And today I am bringing with you, am I bringing with you? No, I am bringing to you <laughs> a conversation that I had with Dr. Wendy Schofer. She's a pediatrician. She's a mom of nearly grown adult children. She's a coach and she specifically is amazing. I mean, let's just be honest. Before we get into our conversation today, I got to tell you about another impressive, amazing, awesome lady in my life. That's Dr. Dina George. She's been our sponsor and is actually our quarterly sponsor here at Dr. Me First, and I'm so excited to have her. So she wants you to hear this message today. She says, I'm a huge fan of Aaron's work, and I know that there are many physicians in the audience that want more and have no idea where to start or how to take it to the next level. She's here to help. Every physician deserves to feel in control of their time and schedule. Every physician has the right to create a business they love and serve people in their unique and impactful way. Dina is here to help accelerate that process in an exciting and fulfilling way. So sign up for a call with her at georgemdcoaching.com. You can talk with her of where you're at, where you're going, and how coaching can take you there faster. And also farther, I think. So that's georgemdcoaching.com and tell Dina that Erin sent you. Welcome to the podcast, my friend and fellow coach, Dr. Wendy Schofer. It's so great to have you here with me today. I love being able to be here and laugh with you. (laughs) We were definitely giggling before we got onto the podcast today. Well, why don't you tell all the people on Podcasting World a little bit about yourself and the special magic you're putting out into the world? Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. You know, it's always funny that I I try to figure out like how I start off my introductions because, you know, so used to starting off, well, I'm a pediatrician. I'm like, yeah, that's just such a small part of the story anymore. But um I start off with, I'm a mom and I am so stinking proud of these like burgeoning adults that I'm cultivating. (laughs) But I've got two kids, they're on this journey with me and I am learning so much from them. I am a coach for families, primarily for parents of overweight children. And uh, through the program that I have, we work on creating healthy habits for the whole family. And that just really kind of ties in from my background of being a pediatrician and, you know, always trying to figure out how can I engage with the entire family uh, in the, in the visits and then, you know, working out in the community as well. So it's just kind of a natural extension at this point with going into coaching. I love it too. The way that you you talk about the demographic that you work with, and you're just so much fun, friend. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Before we get into your word, though, I have to know, what is it like launching your baby birds out into the world? Like, Because yours are getting a little bit older. Yeah, my baby birds. I love that. So I have always said I have an 18-year plan. <laughs> And so it, it's always been this thing, like, I know where they're going. My whole role here is to set them up so I can say, go, be free, 
enjoy adulting now. And I mean, that's something that my my eldest is now 20 years old and she will call me back regularly and ask me questions. And I'm like, yep, I know it's a hard choice. Welcome to adulthood. You know, you get to make that choice now. And uh, it's exciting. It's also something where I'm actively holding on to, you know, biting my tongue so that I'm not telling her what to do. I'm really trying to just let her spread her wings and fly. I was so excited when she went off for college. I hear all these people that are like, oh my God, I'm so teary-eyed. I can't believe my kid has left. I'm like, nope, peace out. It's your turn now. Go have some fun. And it's really exciting to see her doing that. My son, we are now 17 years into his 18-year plan. Oh my gosh, I can see the light. (laughs) I'm really excited about what will come in another year or so. Really excited. Absolutely. Well, I'm so excited to be a spectator from that side because I've had several (laughs) people remind me, like, you're going to have three teenagers at one time, just so you know. And I was like, oh, didn't think that through on the... uh, uh, on the planning <laughs> at the beginning, but I I think it's I good. love teenagers. I always like cringed in the office when the teenagers would come in because I just didn't understand. And I got to tell you, as I cultivated my own <laughs> teenagers, they're magical. I love having teenagers in the home, and quite honestly, it's just because I mean my quirky personality kind of gets their quirky personality. And I mean, honestly, we deal in exchange students. (laughs) So we regularly welcome exchange students into our home for the year. So it's just the more teenagers, the better. (laughs) Isn't that great? Like you became a pediatrician for the babies, but really you're a pediatrician for the teenagers. I love it. I love it so much. Well, let's get into your Well, I got to tell you, I still don't appreciate teenage boy feet, though. You can keep that. I'll take baby (laughs) feet any day. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, your word that we're going to jump into today is growth. Tell me a little bit why you picked that word. You know what? There are so many different levels, meaning of, of that word in my mind right now. Thinking about from the coaching perspective, like my program, and how growth is such a a focus right now as we're talking about pediatric overweight, we're talking about pediatric obesity. Are you growing too fast? Are you growing too slow? You know, just this, this real focus on the growth curves, which is pretty much part of my job description as a pediatrician. Like we always looked at the growth curves at the beginning of the visit and then kind of fed into the rest of the visit. But it also seems to be such a sticking point now that there's so much emphasis being placed on weight, on growth, on the trends, that it's something I'm trying to help navigate with families about what that really means and how much it's being internalized as far as like, what kind of a parent am I being based on how my kid is growing? Mm -hmm. Or how they look, their physical body compared to the rest of the physical world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it it's really a big part of what I do is just trying to to help parents kind of tease out like what does that really mean for them? What is that you know doing uh, you know affecting their conversations with their kids, the communication? What is it that that means to that parent for what kind of a parent they're being? Yeah. 
Would you identify that as like, like fat biased or like fat phobic thoughts that you're coming up against with your parents or, or give me more? You know, I mean, there's, there's going to be overlap. I mean, there's so many biases that we have that we don't even necessarily recognize, you know, that unconscious bias. So there's going to be the, the fat phobic, you know, bias, but I think that there's still more of just the concern about how am I judging myself as a parent? How am I judging my effectiveness? How good of a parent am I being when I'm being told by other people, look at your kid, you know, your kid isn't fitting this mold or your, your child is, you know, growing different. Well, different to what, you know, it's like questioning, what is it that we really expect here? And so we, we get it from our other family members. We get it from our community members. We get it from our doctors, you know, as you're you know, like going in and having the BMI chat and it's like, well, you know, what kind of a parent am I being here as I'm hearing from everyone? Hey, you know, have you considered changing your child's diet or, you know, looking, did, did you recognize that they're overweight? That's just a, that's a big burden yeah. to carry around when you keep hearing it. So I don't know that's necessarily the, the bias that's from the parent but it's something that they're surrounded by the the bias in the community. Being inundated with it. I have a mutual uh, coach friend who picked up on some research that now in the U.S., the average child is starting to identify and understand being on a diet by age eight. And most girls have attempted to try, quote unquote, dieting around that same age as well. Yeah. I, wow. I got to look that one up as far as just kind of seeing the numbers with that. I got to tell you though, it, it's not surprising. And if you look at just the messaging everywhere we turn, um, I actually just did a, a, a workshop this past week about body image and where kids are getting all of this messaging from. And it's everywhere. I mean, if you go to the grocery store and you know, everything's being labeled as, you know, low fat, low sugar, you know, the healthy choice diet foods, you know, all sorts of different things. I mean, the words are all around them. And then of course, in commercials and media, but it's also what we say and do at home. You know, it, it's those other kind of generational beliefs or the things that we even say as parents that we don't recognize that we're saying, you know, like, Hey, I've really got to watch what I'm eating here, or, you know, that muffin's going to go straight to my <laughs> backside or, you know, things like that. That were like, we think it's the truth. We think it's just one of those things, but the kids are hearing it. And then it is definitely impacting the way that they're viewing uh, their own body, their own approach to food, questioning, you know, is a diet something that's appropriate for me? Yeah. One thing that recently broke my heart, so my kids are now five, seven, and nine, is the seven-year-old was reading, I don't know if it was like a cereal box or it was something with a food label on it. And there was this little chitty chat discussion at the the bar with my two boys talking about this food label and like, look at all these calories and look at all the sugar in this. And I was like, guys, it's just like, this is not important. Like, do you enjoy it? Do you want to eat it? Do you not want to eat it? But already seeing my two boys like evaluating foods and granted, I think food labels are there appropriately to give information, but 
I guess standing back and looking at it from my point of view, like they were being like super critical about it and, and like judgy, like you're talking about already at those ages. Well, and I, you know, I, I have such a hard time right now with trying to figure out what truly is the right approach. And of course, every time we say the right approach, we're like, dude, there's not actually a right approach. It's just your own approach, you know, really just kind of figure out what works for you. But so much of the emphasis has been upon education. You know, we got to make sure that folks know how to read the the nutrition labels. That's been a huge emphasis. Like, let's make sure that folks know about the calories, the sugar, and what all these macros mean and all this kind of stuff. But then we're just focusing on the numbers. We're missing the whole thing about what is food for in the first place. And I'm not just talking about the whole calorie component, but actually that. It's probably where a lot of it's coming from. The whole focus on calories in, calories burnt. We're focusing on the numbers all the time. Where's the enjoyment? Yeah, I, <laughs> absolutely. I know that I have changed as a clinician. You know, so I'm family medicine, so do well, well kid checks as well. From my residency training, which was like, all right, all kids need to be screened, their BMI, da, 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 like very like hard black and white rules on how we approach this to now living the mother experience of this and the body shaming that I didn't realize I was inadvertently giving as a family medicine resident when I was like, well, your kid is overweight and we need to do a lipid panel and you need to go see the dietitian. It kind of breaks my heart because I realized that I was harboring some fat bias phobias of that. And and it and I'm with you, Wendy, like trying to figure out how do I deliver evidence-based care? But how do I com- how do I deliver compassionate care so that when that child grows up, they can feel like they can say absolutely anything in my office at any point and know that it's safe and it's non-judgmental and I am there as their whole person provider. Yeah, that's such a heartbreaking realization that I'm going back and really looking at that as well, because the whole, you got to name it to tame it. And, you know, that approach that we kept on going with, we, we have to identify all these kids that are meeting the criteria for overweight and for obesity and, oh, heaven forbid you, you don't code it because <laughs> then you don't get paid for it too. And got a whole nother issue. But within medicine, it was like, you got to be able to identify it to be able to do anything about it. And I understand that. I do understand that. But the message, like you're hitting the nail on the head, it's, it's a shame. It's, it's shaming because ultimately, while we're thinking from the best of intentions that we as physicians are identifying what's going on, what we're actually doing is we're labeling that child as being broken as having something wrong with them, something that needs to be fixed. And meanwhile, they're just there in the office, like, what did I do wrong? I'm just being me. Now you're telling me that how I'm eating or moving or you know whatever I'm feeling, like all of this is wrong. And that was the thing that really just kind of the, the light bulb that went off in my mind. I was like, holy cow, this is something that we're not going to get to the heart of this if what we're doing is really kind of Telling all these kids that they're broken, telling all these families that they're broken, they're not. You you said it, you know, finding the, that whole person, treating the whole person, engaging the whole person. 
that's where I think we need to to find that balance to be able to, well, growth. There you go, to grow, not to go back and and look at, you know, what are all the different ways in which you're doing it wrong? But, you know, what what do you want to move towards? What do you want to create? What do you want to grow towards? And so that's where I look at, you know, what are the habits that exist right now that might be contributing to concerns about weight. But more importantly, what are the habits that you want to create going forward? Not so much of like what's broken and what we're focusing on there, but what is it that you want to to do moving forward? Yeah. Like getting more into like the unmeasurables, the intangibles, because granted, we all want data. We all want numbers, you know, and like the scale gives us that or, you know, the BMI calculation gives us that. But I I really do feel like there's a shift, at least within myself and our close friend groups who are are really thinking about this in a different way to say, like, maybe, maybe health hasn't been how we've defined it by the numbers. And I love your coach approach as you're working with these families. And instead of, you know, focusing on the growth curve, focusing on the BMI, really like modeling lifelong health and what's and like this is what our family does for this because what i've come to realize more and more is that larger bodies can be healthy too and that skinny mini bodies may be more unhealthy than what we realize so i i've i've transitioned recently from primary care to uh, urgent care so truth be told i have a different focus on the measurements at this point but I bring that up because I I say it in the past when I did do the growth curves, looking at them for, you know, for families, I would have a much deeper conversation with the families of the skinny kids. So, you know, the kids that otherwise wouldn't be meeting any kind of threshold for somebody to dive into it. They would just see, Hey, this kid is growing just fine. You know, he's, he's skinny. I'm not going to dive into the dietary history. I'm not going to dive into, you know, the stress history, sleep, movement, any of that. And we're kind of pushing these kids along until those habits that haven't been addressed all that time because they were just at, you know, the quote unquote right place on the growth curve. And then it catches up with them later on. And it may not be during my time in pediatrics. But then in that early adulthood, when, you know, they just hormonally are changing, metabolically changing, changing. And so that's our opportunity to address that from a primary prevention, you know, with pediatrics, this is, this is all prevention. So many layers of prevention, (laughs) which layer do we want to pick out right now? (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and I love that you call an opportunity and just flipping in my brain, you know, instead of instead of looking at it as, oh, we got to talk about stress and sleep and, you know, do you live in a food desert? You know, looking as an opportunity of like, oh, we could address this now and forever change the trajectory of this child and this family. It's a really great way to think about it. Instead of waiting till they hit their 30s or they get their, their COVID Whoa. weight back on. <laughs> 
I appreciate hearing that you have some friends in the background too. So I have um, some that are trying to bust into the closet here. With That's me. my new puppy, Pocahontas. Out. We call her Pokey, Pokey or Pocus. Point of care ultrasound. <laughs> so she's the newest member to Team Wiseman. So yes, oh. we love them as as much as the fur babies, as much as the real babies. Definitely part of the team. I'm sorry that just totally went, <laughs> went sideways, but so sweet. <laughs> I love it. This is hashtag real life here, people. Real life. <laughs> Oh, so good. Well, if anything that's resonating with our listeners and people are like, hmm, Wendy, I've been thinking about this too. Erin, I've been thinking about this too. Where can they hang out with you or find more information? Or perhaps they're been like me, one of those moms that they look at their kids and they're like, oh my God, what are people thinking about how I feed my children? Mm. Where can they go and learn more information or maybe join one of your groups? I was going to say, if you're going to hang out with me, apparently you got to come in the closet. That's where I hang out for my podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness. So many options. So I have my own podcast. Hey, how about that? So family in focus with Wendy Schofer, MD. There you go. <laughs> but I have, I have my podcast. I have my Facebook group, which is free for anyone that would like to join the conversation in the community, just looking for family in focus. Uh, that is definitely a recurrent uh, name you're going to hear here. <laughs> and then if you go to my website, which is uh, wendyshofermd.com, and you will find the information for my upcoming group coaching program. So I do have another cohort that is going to be launching in early October. I have uh, one that's going on right now that I take in, in cohorts. And uh, really, you know, what we do there is kind of break down. We, we have, you know, different workshops, educational settings, but then it's just a lot of group coaching. There's also one-on-one -on -one coaching available where we can just really kind of dive into, you know, really a lot of it is generational beliefs. It's a lot of like, what is it that I think? think that I need to be doing in order to raise a healthy family? What are the things that I think about serving meals to my family? What does that look like? And what kind of habits do I want to create for my family going forward? So it's um, been eye-opening. I am currently in my, my first group cohort right now, and it is amazing to see all the folks coming together and sharing. And that's the beautiful thing about the, the group. You're not alone. You're not alone with this. There's a lot of shame, a lot of like fear messaging about childhood uh, overweight and, and obesity. And we do not have to approach it that way. And we do not have to be alone. Truly, let's come together and, and we can kind of figure out a new direction. you aspiring podcasters out there, listen up. If you have always wanted to start a podcast, but you haven't gotten around to it yet, this is your sign. I have made a podcasting 101 and podcasting 202 presentation that I want to help you. For a limited time only this fall, you can pick up both of those in a bundle. Check the show notes for the link. 
and Podcasting 101, you get everything you need to get your podcast off the ground with fun and ease. And in Podcasting 202, you learn how to scale and monetize so that you can grow your podcast reach and even make some dollars. When I started podcasting in 2018 here on Dr. Me First, I had no idea what I was getting myself into or how much I would love doing this podcast. So having a course like this to show me a way would have saved me so much pain and hassle from everything that I went through. And I shared that with you so you can get started on the right path. Plus, you get to see the Aaron Wiseman way of things. Let me show you the Coupon Mom easy way to podcast. This won't be around forever, so go check it out and get your podcast out there. Then make sure to email me and let me know when it's launched. I want to listen to you too. But you got to go check out Podcasting 101 and Podcasting 202 to get you started. many thank yous for Dr. Wendy Schofer coming on the podcast. You are just a delight and a light in my life. Thank you so much for coming and talking with me. All right. I got to shout out our sponsor one more time, the amazing Dr. Dina George over at georgemdcoaching.com. Here's a message from Dina. It's tough to be a physician these days. The demands are endless. Sending a thank you for all of you who serve others. For many of us, we don't feel like we're enough. Our beautiful brains like to show us everything that we didn't get done at the end of the day and that is still on our to-do list. But hear this, your work is incredible and it matters. So remember, you can talk to Gina George today to find more clarity in your life, maybe get that business launched. But if you have a business, you can get some more fulfillment, excitement, and impact in your marketing messaging, whether your business is clinical, non-clinical, side hustle, hobby, just an idea, go to georgemdcoaching.com and get signed up for that call with Dina today. Again, that's georgemdcoaching.com. And don't forget to tell her, her crazy friend, Wild Wiseman, sent you her way. Hey, 